Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, the ultimate education show on the forefront of the burgeoning edtech revolution. Join us each week as we interview the most cutting-edge edtech companies, content creators, and curriculum developers across the planet. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I am your host, Huzaifa, as always. And today we have somebody on the show that represents one of the coolest organizations that I've had the pleasure of knowing and also visiting. And it is called the National Museum of Math, located in New York City. So the Museum of Math is an organization that is really dedicated to spreading all sorts of information and knowledge about math, trying to make it in, uh, engaging for young minds and, and adults alike. And the way that I came to know about them is they have a competition called Open Set, which is really, really cool. And it connects all sorts of folks who try to integrate math with music. So that's how I got the, a chance to know about the museum in person, went down and visited and it's amazing. So I talked to the executive director, whose name is Cindy Lawrence, and she has agreed to come on the show today and talk about the Museum of Math. So without further ado, Cindy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So tell me a little bit about what is the Museum of Math? So the Museum of Math is basically a hands-on science center, but focused on mathematics instead of science. So it's a place where you come and you play with things, you explore, you learn, you discover, you're creative, and you have a lot of fun. And these are not words that are typically associated with the word math. Now, that was the first thing that struck me when I went there, because I actually, I came there for open set, and then the next day I spent uh, part of the day at the museum. And that's what really struck me was that it is super hands-on and not what I would have expected. So what was the impetus to design the museum in that way? So we believe that hands-on, full-body experiences are much more engaging and, and very much more different from what we usually think about when we think about math. Most people hear the word math, and they think about arithmetic, really. They think about sitting at a desk with a pencil and a piece of paper and working out problems by yourself, uh, not very physical, not very interactive, not very collaborative. And it's also not necessarily very engaging. So what we're trying to do is change perceptions about what math is. It's not just arithmetic. It goes well beyond that and encompasses many more areas, many things that relate to the world around us. And in order to really engage people, we felt it was important that there were things that they were doing that were hands-on, that involved their whole body, their whole mind. And so we designed a place that we think is fun and engaging, uh, whether you like math or whether you don't like math. And I'd say even some of the exhibits stretch into, which is true with mathematics as well, but go into optical illusions in, in terms of physics. And then the, there's great exhibits downstairs, which are really all about problem solving. You guys have tangrams. Uh, I think there's a, se a section on tessellations. But then my personal favorite, the maze. So tell us a little bit about the walking maze. 
So we do have an interactive floor, and sometimes it has interactive programs on it where it actually recognizes where you are and things adjust on the floor based on where various people are standing. And sometimes we have a static maze, and there are several mazes that alternate, but the one that's the most popular is called the No Left Turn Maze. Yes. And it looks pretty easy. You come in in one spot, you leave from another spot. The only rule is you can't make a left turn or U-turn. And that takes something that looks pretty simple and makes it just the right amount of challenging. I will say virtually nobody walks over and just says, aha, I see it, and walks through and comes off. But also virtually nobody who tries it for a little while uh, is not able to solve it. So it's, it's challenging, but everyone who plays with it can solve it. And there's this wonderful moment when you sort of see how to emerge from the maze that feels terrific. And we call that sort of the aha moment. And there's a lot of exhibits in the museum that we hope have these sorts of aha moments because mathematicians tell us that that's to them what math is all about, what studying math is all about. It's about trying to solve a problem, trying to figure something out, and then all of a sudden having this moment of enlightenment when you say, aha, I see it. And so we're trying to give people a little bit of a taste of the excitement and the pleasure of having that sort of aha moment in various activities in the museum. So let's step back for a second. What brought you to the Museum of Math? What was it about this organization that was intriguing to you and wanted you to encourage you to become a a driving force behind it? So actually, I got involved when there was no Museum of Math. A friend of mine had, uh, well, I I can't say he had the original idea. There was a small Museum of Math located in Nassau County on Long Island. And that museum was so small, you needed 10 people to make an appointment together for them to open their doors. But my friend had been there. I had been there uh, individually with our families. And he got wind of the fact that the museum had run out of money and shut down. And he thought that was a real shame, and he decided that he would devote himself toward opening a replacement museum of math, if you will. And I thought that sounded really neat. I had always enjoyed math in my school days. I didn't do anything in particular with math in my career, although I was at the time running a program for gifted math students, mostly as a parent doing that for my children. But this sounded really interesting to me, and so initially I was just a volunteer. I asked, how can I help, and I'm happy to you know, jump right in. And eventually I started to find myself spending more time volunteering than I was spending on my actual job. And eventually I had to make a choice between whether to stay with my current job or leave it and become a, an employee of the museum. And we weren't open yet. We were working to open. We had built a traveling exhibition that was traveling the country. I was very involved with that. And it just was such an exciting uh, proposition that I decided to quit my job and throw myself into something new and haven't looked back. That's awesome. Now, I know that in terms of it's, it's be, I mean, you guys have all these hands on uh, opportunities and, and great immersions for students that come by, but my understanding is there's there's even more that happens there because I'm not in New York. I'm in Los Angeles, but I'm on the mailing list and I see what comes through. And what comes through is you're regularly getting in amazing professors and mathematicians and authors to talk about math and all sorts of different topics related to math. Tell us about those initiatives, because I think that's I think that to me is one of the most amazing things that the museum does is try and connect the dots in all these different ways to really allow young people to see all the angles involved with math. 
Absolutely. So we do a lot of public presentations, uh, mostly in the evenings, sometimes on the weekends. And we try to bring in people who are specifically mathematicians or very skilled in math, but who have a connection to something else, sometimes something very surprising. Next month, we're bringing in a mathematician who also happens to run a dance troupe, and he's going to be talking about the relationships between math and dance. We've had people talk about the relationships between math and sports, math and music, math and voting theory. You name it, we've had it. And I think it's really important for people to see that math is really something that is all around us and impacts things all around us. The world today wouldn't run the way it does without mathematics sort of as a generating force behind the scenes. But people don't always see these connections between math and music or math and art or math and creative endeavors. And so we try to bring in anyone and everyone who has anything to say about how they use math in what they do. We recently had a program where we brought in four mathematicians who each had gone a different direction in their life. One was an academic math professor, so that's not too surprising. One had gone into finance, worked for a hedge fund, and so had a very different kind of career than an academic. One had um, taken a career where he works doing code breaking and other such things for the NSA, the National Security Agency. And the last one worked in math and computer science and animation and had actually won an Academy Award for some of his work in the field of animation. So uh, one of the things we try to make people realize is that math connects to many different fields. Uh, if a student wants to major in mathematics, it's, it's a very broad swath of opportunities they'll find in front of them in the future. And we try to sort of bring out the fun, engaging side of math. Yeah, which I think is incredible. And how, you know, getting that caliber of guests is amazing. So kudos to that. And I think, in my opinion, um, I, not only does it connect to many, I mean, I really do think math connects to everything. If if you really think about what goes on in any sort of analysis or attempt to understand the world, you can find mathematics lurking behind some in some sense and somewhere. And I think that's so important to to draw those connections and, and make that happen. Now, have you had any... Have you known of any schools that have been influenced by your approach to mathematics in terms of adapting their curriculums, or do you, does the organization ever reach out to schools and try and collaborate in terms of curriculum development? So we do a lot of work with schools and a lot of work with teachers, but I think that I would say that our goal is to be inspirational rather than instructional. And I like to describe it this way. If you have a student, let's say, who hears a beautiful symphony orchestra and decides after that that they want to play the violin, first thing that happens is they have to learn musical notation. They may not be familiar with what the musical staff is or what the little symbols mean, where they're placed on the staff, meaning different notes or how long you play those notes. So they have to kind of memorize this notation that they've never seen before. And then they have to do sort of some rote practice. They may have to play their scales over and over again, learn how to maneuver their fingers, learn how to hold the bow. So there's a lot of sort of rote practice that's not necessarily that much fun. And frankly, it doesn't sound so good in the beginning. When you first take up a new instrument, you're not making the sound that you heard at the symphony. But through all of that learning and memorization and practice, the student does that because they did hear the symphony and they remember that beautiful music they heard and they're inspired to want to learn how to make music like that. 
Well, we can compare that to math, which also has sometimes notation, which can be unfamiliar or confusing. And it has rote practice. You need to learn your addition facts or your multiplication tables or how to do long division. But what we don't often provide to students is an inspiration. So we hope that the Museum of Math and the exhibits and the programs are inspirational for students and for teachers giving them the incentive to want to dig deeper, to want to know a little bit more about the math behind the scenes. And so I think we're not specifically writing curriculum, but we think we are enhancing motivation. And certainly we do have programs where teachers come in for professional development and we'll show them something engaging and they do take that back to their classrooms. That's awesome. And that is such a great way, I think, to frame it. Plus, the museum is in an amazing spot in New York. It's a beautiful space. If people haven't checked it out, you should definitely go and check it out. Uh, tell us about OpenSet, because that's how I really got my opportunity to come and check the space out. What is OpenSet? So OpenSet, I'll call it a competition, but it's a pretty loose competition. It's a very friendly competition, if you will. And what we do is we ask people to either compose an original piece of music about some sort of mathematics or, more commonly, take an existing piece of music and change the lyrics so that you're now singing about something related to mathematics. And we've been doing this now, I think, for four years. We have a tremendous amount of fun with it. People come actually from all over the country and submit their songs, and we have a judging panel, and a number of winners, of which you were one, are selected and invited to come and perform their piece all together uh, in a very warm and fun evening in the Museum of Mathematics. It's a blast, and I'm proud to call myself a math musician, and I just think it's cool that there are organizations like the Museum of Math that support it, so it was, it was really, really fun. And I've talked to one of the other gentlemen actually on the show. We just interviewed him, um, Mike, uh, uh, who's a teacher in Long Island, and he did an amazing performance. He's a great rapper, does some really cool stuff. Uh, and, and I know you guys offer another thing because it's really cool. You guys do a lot to support math teachers, which I think is amazing in addition to providing all this incredible uh, wealth of experiences and knowledge for students to visit, but you do a lot for teachers. I know another initiative that you have is the Rosenthal Prize. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. The Rosenthal Prize is a fantastic program. We give away at least $25,000 a year to a math teacher, not necessarily who's a great teacher per se, but who has a great lesson plan, something that's really engaging to students, something that's easily replicated in schools around the country. So we're not looking for something that requires specialized skill or a lot of resources or money, but we're looking for some kind of lesson that's really engaging for students that any teacher can do with just basic equipment that you'd have in a standard classroom. And so we've been doing this now for, I think, five or six years. We've given out uh, quite a bit of, of money. Sometimes there's a second prize or a third prize if there are enough good applications. We have a judging panel for that as well. It's all thanks to the generous support of one of our trustees, Mr. Saul Rosenthal, who had the idea that he wanted to do something to foster great teaching in classrooms and great teaching that could be shared with colleagues around the country. So it's not just about one teacher being really talented in the classroom or having a great lesson plan, but having a lesson plan that can be shared. And on our website at rosenthal.momath.org, you can see links to all the past winners. If you are a math teacher out there listening to this, 
do check out the lesson plans. You may find something that would be very engaging for you to do with your students. Awesome. If you if there is a parent listening right now or somebody in the teaching community listening and they are struggling with a child and not that having a difficulty getting that child engaged in mathematics, what would be your very first suggestion as to what they could try? And let's say they don't they don't live in New York. What would be your first suggestion as far as trying to stimulate that interest? I think it's really important with kids that we have fun and that we view math as something that's not necessarily just rote memorization, but something that can be like a puzzle, a challenge, something to solve. Too often we focus on getting the right answer or solving a problem in one particular way that maybe the textbook uh, has listed. But really math is about, first of all, understanding what the problem is that you're trying to solve. And then being creative about how you might solve it. And so being very encouraging to students as they're thinking about a way to solve a problem, maybe they're going down a slightly wrong path initially, but you know, support and celebrate the good things about the attempt that they're making, where their thinking is really right on, and then try to gently guide them back toward where they might have gone astray a little bit. But I think it's really important that math be viewed as something that actually is engaging and entertaining rather than something that's a chore. I think that's incredible advice. Thank you so much for teaching us about the Museum of Math as well as giving those last pieces of advice. If people want to learn more about the Museum of Math, how can they do that? They can visit our website at momath, that's M-O-M-A-T-H dot O-R-G. They can send an email to info, I-N-F-O, at momath.org. There are links to learn more about upcoming events, to learn more about our programs, jobs, if people are looking to move to New York and think they might want to join us. We have lots of open positions as a young, growing organization. And we hope that anytime someone's in New York, they will absolutely come stop by. We've been named on many lists of the top museums in New York State, in New York City, and we hope that visitors from far and wide will come and check us out. All right, there you have it. And if any of you missed that information, well, it's a podcast, so you can always rewind. But if you don't want to rewind, you can check out the show notes. Just go to scalarlearning.com into the podcast section. Check out this episode, and all that information will be there for you to click and read. And make sure to check out our YouTube channel as well. Just go to YouTube, search for Scalar Learning. We've got all sorts of SAT prep content material as well as ACT math and, of course, my favorite math music videos up there. We are at number 16 now and counting, so make sure to check that out. And if you want to get a new podcast episode, come back here every week, every Monday, new podcast episodes drop. We've got a ton of amazing guests lined up for you this year. Thank you guys so much for joining, and I'll see you all next time. Take it easy. Scalar,